another episode of Too Young to Be This Old. I'm Andy. I got my co-host Ben here with me. How's it going, everyone? And uh, just real quick, knock out that housekeeping. If you want to find us on social media, uh, we are on Facebook at Too Young to Be This Old. Same thing on Twitter at Too Young to Be This Old, which we're getting a little more active on Twitter now as well. Um, so you should see more from us on there if you decide to uh, check that out. Obviously, we have our easy website, podcast.tooyoungtobethisold.com, where you can find all the different ways to listen to us. And one day, we'll have our podcast up on YouTube. So, Ben, introduce uh, this week's topic. Today, we're going to talk about controversy in the NFL. And I know all you people that are like, oh, another sports episode? No. This has nothing to do with this how is, they performed on the field. This basically is us, a true crime episode. Yeah, this is this is true crimes NFL edition. Let us give you all the dirt on what NFL players did to get suspended and how fucking stupid some of them are. It's true. So before we launch into that, are we going to talk about what we did between recordings? We are. <laughs> all right, you go ahead, Ben. What have you been doing since the yeah. last time we recorded? Sadly, the same thing I was doing last time we recorded. Uh, I, I know. That's why I asked. <laughs> been a lot of that. Been a, been a lot of Anthem and Apex Legends and iRacing. Man, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about Apex Legends. I think it's getting its uh, it's getting its buzz. I mean, something had to kill Fortnite, or maybe not kill it, but chip into Fortnite. Yeah, it had, it had to it had to take some of that market share away. But I keep seeing people tweet and facebook and whatever about just how much fun they're having with apex legends and it's it's a good game i mean i have yeah, fun with it every time it's I a jump good free it's a good free to play game I'll, yeah I'll that. yeah it's good stuff and and that i racing still going real serious on that uh yeah it's the only the only thing only issue i'm having here is when i i know i'm going to be podcasting that evening and it's hard to get a podcast in and uh, and some racing because there's some setup time involved you know life's not easy it's not first world problems. <laughs> it's real hard out there. Um, I've been uh, not doing a whole bunch of exciting things, but uh, this past weekend was uh, me and my wife's five-year uh, wedding anniversary. So uh, we had a nice little staycation, went to Fogo de Chao and had a meat fest and uh, ate enough to cause them to lose money, which was always the goal when you go to Fogo de Chao. Um, but where's the break-even point for you? Uh, I have to be one bite away from absolutely puking. But no, no, I'm talking about like literally for the price of fucking a chow, where's your break even point? Like how much do you have to eat? Oh, uh, not... so yeah, lunch is like, so lunch is like $35 a person. Mm-hmm. All right. For the, for the full churrasco experience. And like, I got to put, I, to be proud of myself, right. You ignore most of the the what they call their market pantry which is like their sides which those are just that's just a trap right you can go there you grab you some meats and cheeses but don't you dare be touching bread or rice or beans or anything like that that's a mistake that's how they that's how they get you you got to go for the high quality cuts so i gotta at least get two to three rounds of lamb i gotta at least get like four rounds of like their you know, sirloin, and they also had a garlic crusted sirloin this time, which was fantastic. Um, I mean, it's a significant amount of meat, is what I'm saying here. But what, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> how many plates 
do you have to get to feel like you didn't waste thirty five dollars? Oh, that's fair. Okay, so it's weird because you you know you're not going up and getting plates there. It's like they they keep coming and just like cutting meat onto your plate, right? You just have a card, how, right? How, so how how many I, times does he have to come put meat on your plate before you feel <laughs> like you are okay with the money you spent? So that man in puffy pants needs to come by my table at least. Uh, I'd say eight to ten times. Okay, thank God, that's all I wanted. <laughs> I had to stretch it out for you because I, I knew wanted. I knew it was driving you crazy, so I kept going. <laughs> I asked for the time. You tell me how to build a watch. <laughs> but Photoshop was fantastic, and and ate enough that I we were we were, we were hungry enough that we also had dessert. And they have a fantastic creme brulee. So that was exciting. And you both rolled out of there. And there oh was my God. nothing romantic about that evening. Oh, no. All those meat course. sweats. Oh, man. It was... <laughs> <laughs> we watched a lot of movies. We watched Spider-Verse, etc. So that was that was fun to rewatch that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I rewatched Spider-Verse. Uh, also watched Civil War. Um, and... Uh, which I was real meh about, but we can have that conversation on the MCU cast whenever that happens. Um, And then I watched Doctor Strange, which I actually really, really liked. Um, I thought I was going to hate that movie. Oh, no, Um, it's really good. That was a really good movie. That was really, really good. So I was was pleasantly surprised. Um, And then uh, last, uh, was that last night? Yeah, last night I went to go see uh, Greta in theaters, um, which is a really weird... Um, kind of psychological thriller, and uh, yeah, that's been uh most of my time between recordings, besides boring work stuff. Sounds about right. Yeah, so here we go into the uh, NFL true crime episode. Okay, and and so something when we were talking about this episode, uh, we really wanted to talk more about the players that put the league in a compromising position while they were on a roster. That forced the league to take action. So right off the bat, we will not be discussing the dead horse that is the Colin Kaepernick issue. Yeah, it's Straight settled. Up. I mean, it's, it's already settled. settled. There's both an NDA. parties. Yeah, both parties can't talk about it. So really, there's nothing new we're going to bring to that conversation. So just that's be it. aware. Yeah, that's the only listening. reason. The only yeah. reason we're ignoring it or just not talking about it. It's because we feel like we really don't have anything new to say about that. Right. So if you wanted to hear our thoughts on that, this is not the podcast you're going to hear that. So if you wanted that information, you can turn off now. If not, prepare to dive in to some NFL knowledge. So I was not aware of this when I started researching, but before 2007, there was not a league-wide conduct policy. It was all just, um, like teams had rules and things like that. So that yeah, had... that was that was shocking to me too. So, I, like, did did owners or like front offices just come up with conduct guidelines or was basically a... basically that's what it was? You know, teams had contracts. I mean, even nowadays, teams have guidelines that may be stricter than what the NFL right. conduct lines are. But excuse me. But yeah, that was that was something that immediately threw me off when I was I was looking at this because you know you just assume everybody there's always been something in place 
Now, the only thing that had ever been in place is in 1987, steroids, performance-enhancing drugs and stuff like that. If you got caught with those, you would be suspended. So that was like the only thing the NFL really had to suspend players with if you got caught with steroids or something like that. Right. But we're going to pick up on the early events that kind of started set in motion where the league needed to create some kind of policy. The first one I think of comes to me. It's the Ray Lewis in 2000, the Super Bowl. It was in Atlanta, which is kind of funny because, you know, we just had the Super Bowl here again. Um, He pleaded guilty to obstruction of justice in connection with the stabbing deaths of two men in Buckhead. Um, He was never formally punished by the league. But, I mean, that's a a pretty big black mark on a Hall of Fame career that you did plead guilty to obstruction of justice. Yeah. two, Two men are dead and your name's attached to that. Yet you still go on to have a Hall of Fame career. I mean, it is what it is. He actually, yeah, wins, it's... It, actually wins the Super Bowl the following year. Yeah, because uh, the year he was here, he wasn't here to play in the Super Bowl. It was, no, it was uh... the next year that they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, because that year was what the Titans versus great show and yeah, great show and turf. Yes. So that all that happening, right? The, the stabbing and the death of two men also led to an interesting change in the city of Atlanta in uh, Buckhead. And uh, so Buckhead from like the 80s until uh, right around when this happened was the bar and party scene of Atlanta. There was uh, somewhere around 100 alcoholic beverage licenses in a six-block area of Buckhead. It is where a bunch of the Atlanta rap scene uh, kind of came up. You had Outcast, you had Ludacris. Some of these places are mentioned in the Welcome to Atlanta song. Um, it where was the just, players play. Where the players play. So this this was this was the scene, and and I've talked to people who were, you know, like in, you know, old enough to enjoy this scene right in that time, and they were like, yeah, it was, it was insane. Like it, it got to a point where it was just uh, not nobody felt safe in that area, right? It was pretty common to come out to your car in the morning from your apartment and, and find like bullet shells, etc., and, and just the things that went on at night from prostitution, underage drinking, drugs, you name it. And so when this happened, there was already complaints about the area, right? And it, it kind of led a, a revolution in the Buckhead area where Buckhead went from the place where you could drink till 4 a.m. and they scaled it back to the uh, 2.30 a.m. hour. And then basically, One second before you keep talking. Yeah, sure. One, one second before you keep talking. I cannot think of a time in my life, and we've discussed our drinking escapades. We have. In a previous episode. I cannot yes. think of a time in my life where I felt the need to keep drinking after 2.30 in the morning. That is a dragon con. Okay. <laughs> I'm still just saying... Yeah. If you are at an establishment that is still serving alcohol at 4 a.m., oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus it's... Christ, how yeah, hard yeah, no. are you going? You're going really hard. No, uh, yeah, and that's something that uh, that definitely brought 4 a.m. You know, we saw the return of it uh, this year for the Super Bowl, and uh, honestly, it didn't get that crazy from what I heard because uh boring Super Bowl. But anyway, um, <laughs> it so right, it set off 
kind of all these uh, all these things to start happening in Buckhead, where Buckhead Village it was just totally bulldozed. A, a bunch of developers started buying up all these buildings and just started demolishing them, making uh, malls, high-end shops. So Buckhead slowly transformed to a place where you could get a $15 grain alcohol punch in a fish bowl at Lulu's Bait Shack uh, to where you can go and buy $500 scarves. And, you know, I guess good and bad, right? You know, the uh, funny thing is, though, that those Atlanta rappers are still the only people that probably need to be in that area. They're the only ones uh, that can afford that. They're the only ones that can afford that area now because Buckhead is pretty much, you know, now just the rich side of town. And uh, there's there's not much there, right, except for fancy shops and really fancy restaurants now. There's a lot of great restaurants. I've been to a few great, really really freaking expensive restaurants they're they're good but they're not a place i'm gonna go more than like once or twice ever so a little bit more than cheesecake factory money is what you're way saying. more than cheesecake factory money <laughs> yeah but i've been to some great restaurants there so it's kind of part it's a big part of the atlanta food scene now and um you know there's a good concert venue there there's the buckhead theater which has a lot of good smaller shows happening um but it's not the buckhead it used to be and that all started after Good old Ray Lewis had to go and allegedly stab people. Also, I may have said Ray Rice if I did edit that. I will. I think you said Ray Lewis. Okay, just just checking. Sure. Um, there's a lot of Ray in this list. There is. Um, next one that we'll talk about is one that I was much more involved in, uh, whereas Andy was talking about Buckhead. Uh, Ray Carruth. Now, 2001, uh, this is... Um, this Carolina is still a very new franchise. They've drafted Ray Carruth as a wide receiver. He was the first one to wear the number 89 before Steve Smith. Um, but he gets found guilty of conspiring to murder his then girlfriend who was pregnant with a child. Um, at the time of this. Now I, there's no justification of that there's no reason this should happen but basically you know he's immediately he had just signed a contract that contract becomes null and void uh he ends up serving 18 years of a 24 year prison sentence because apparently if you're guilty of conspiring to murder someone it's not as bad as murdering someone yep but but beyond the point you know it's just it's insane to me that there there there's a human being in this situation that thought that that was the answer. Right. Yeah. Um, especially cause he, he wasn't a terrible receiver and, you know, in, in kind of talking about the, the sports side of it a little bit as a Panthers fan, you know, when you, you, you're a fan, you see this happen to play on your team. It's really hard as a fan for me. It was really hard to deal with. Cause it's like, you know, this is my team. Cause that's where I'm from. I'm from Charlotte, but you know, if somebody on my team has done something awful. How do you? Right. How do you? How do you separate that? Yeah. How, how do you separate your team from this awful event? And it was much harder when I was younger. As I've gotten older, it's much easier. It's much easier to car. <laughs> Fuck it. I can't even compartmentalize. Thank you, Jesus. It was not wanting to come out. <laughs> but as I get older, it's easier for me to do that. So um, the funny. Th- not funny thing, uh, but it was noted that this year, October 22nd um, of 2018, not this year, sorry, last year, uh, he was released. 
And the running joke is from the time he got released until the last game of the season, Carolina hadn't won a game since Ray Carruth got released from prison. Uh, so I'm oh, really glad wow. we won that last game so that we could get that, you know, that knocked out of the way. Because I, I wouldn't want to carry that into next season. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um. Next one, we had uh, Daryl Russell. He uh, played for the, it was the Raiders he was on initially. He failed a drug test, but said it was attributed to secondhand smoke. <laughs> and he, That's not how it works. So he still got suspended. <laughs> For the 2001, or he still got suspended for four games. Right. Um. After that positive test for secondhand smoke, he tested positive for a banned substance, <laughs> which results in a one-year suspension for 2002, completely wiping out his 2002 season after also missing four games in 2001. So he misses a year and a half between the two suspensions, gets to play in eight wow. games in 2003, test yeah. positive again in 2004. Jesus. And at this point, it's his seventh infraction in the league, um, the league drug policy. So it's like, bro, <laughs> you're making millions of dollars. Now, if you had kept getting busted for like steroids, okay, you didn't deserve that money. But we'll go right. in depth a little bit later about like, bro, you're making millions of dollars. You can decide to not party for just a few months. Yeah. Like, like calm down for just a few months. Cause Even I'm pretty with, sure. So with the amount of money they're making, he could just take a year or two off and then you're set for life. In a lot of cases. Exactly. Just like you're done. Man. Yeah, man, I like drugs a lot, but I can make tens of millions of dollars. Maybe if I don't do drugs for four or five years, I can do drugs forever. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, there's a ton more instances of DUI and drug possession that go back, but not things, because uh, this was a lot of that stuff was kind of pre-social media, pre-access. So there's probably a lot more that we never a, heard yeah, of. Yeah, a lot that happened that just kind of all just <laughs> either got just, swept under the rug and just yeah. kind of no, nobody really heard about it because yeah. the teams probably didn't want that getting out, right? Yeah, and and this was all before 2007. Yeah, so this is before any one... official, uh, any official um, conduct policy. Is even Correct, the and there's one specific player that Andy would like to discuss. Ad nauseum yes. here. Yes. So go ahead and tell us your, your tale here. All right. Of, so uh, we are going to talk about Ricky Williams, who has a really weird NFL history. Um, and uh, I, I think it, it highlights some pretty interesting decisions that the league made, also interesting decisions he made. Uh, but let's, let's get it started because there's a lot to talk about here. So uh, before Ricky Williams was on the Dolphins, nothing mattered. He played in Texas in college, and, and he played on some team in New Orleans. But he came to the Miami Dolphins in a trade in 2002. And uh, in that year, he was the NFL lead rusher. Uh, first team all pro pro ball so he immediately for those kinda... for those of you who don't know what those two things means it yes. means he was really really good real good um 
he immediately kind of bursts in the scene, becomes a you know obviously a local celebrity in Miami. You can't go anywhere without seeing Ricky Williams' face if it has anything to do with the Dolphins. But not even his face. Uh, he always wore a visor helmet, um, and uh, this led to him. He was seen a lot as like a different kind of NFL star, very quiet, um, just described as a different guy by a lot of teammates. So. That's something we'll talk about later because I think it plays a lot into his story. So in 2004, uh, for the first time, Ricky Williams tests positive for marijuana and is fined by the NFL. Uh, he was fined $650,000 and a four-game suspension for violating their substance abuse policy. So note that four-game suspension because that that we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> um, so right before training camp, Right before training camp, I remember this all too well. Um, Ricky Williams decides, "Nah, I'm retiring." So this is now. This is this is two years after he came to the team. This is two years after only, right? This is only like he's only been in the league for four years at this point, and just like, "Nah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. I'm retiring." And this is where things start getting really weird. So Ricky goes off to California and decides he's going to study holistic medicine. That is his passion, and that's what he's going to do. So he falls off the face of the earth for a period of time, and the Dolphins go on to have their worst season in years. They go 4-12. and 12. Of course, this being the year that your boy goes to, like, six Dolphin games. Because he wanted to see that Ricky Williams. Because I wanted to see Ricky Williams. Guess how much I saw him. Zero. None. None. Until later. I did see him eventually. Um, So in 2005, uh, then uh, Ricky Williams decides to come back. Um, He's back from his uh, holistic uh, learning, and he decides for the first time to return to the Dolphins. And I'm saying for the first time. Um, He apologizes for uh, causing them to implode in the previous season and his last minute. Uh, Suspension. He he goes on services four-game suspension, has a mediocre season. Uh, Can we just say that he probably went to California, hung out with Snoop Dogg, and just got blazed oh, the yeah, entire sure. year he was gone? I'm sure. He wasn't studying anything. <laughs> Your boy he, was just He claims pot. he did, and I'll, I'll take his word for it. So then in 2006, Ricky fails the NFL drug policy now for the fourth time. Uh, this is a weird one because it's not known, it was not released what he failed for. There Wait, some... where was time three? Where was yeah, time, time two three, three happened somewhere in there. Um, I think time time two and three happened somewhere in the middle of end of 2005, but he did finish out that season. So okay. this is the fourth time he, he's, he's failed the policy. T- times two and three were not as, uh, as interesting, I guess, uh, in the research I was doing. But uh, it's not known what he failed for. Uh, all that was ever said is it might have been some kind of herb. Uh, yeah, what probably from his holistic heard. medicine studying. So he is now he is suspended for all of 2006. All of 2006, you're not playing in the NFL. So he decides uh, to go uh, to the north of the United States of Freedom, uh, to a weird country called Canada, and uh, he plays in a weird league called the CFL. Um, <laughs> so the the interesting thing about this is it was kind of controversial up there. Um, they were. You know, uh, the team he signed for, the former quarterback called him an addict, but the CFL really didn't care. The CFL had no substance abuse policy in place, nor did it prohibit teams from signing players suspended from other leagues. So while Williams was under contract for the entire 2006 season for the Dolphins, he played 
in the CFL. Um, I want you to back up real quick. Yeah. The former quarterback that drew his ire was none other than Joe Theismann. Mr. Gets his leg broken on Monday Night Football in a horrendous manner. Only to see that same thing repeat to Mr. Alex Smith a few years later. It's true. And by a few years later, I mean like 20 years later. So just just had to call you out on skimming (laughs) over Joe Theismann's name. Because any chance that we can talk about that nasty leg break, we're going oh, to. Oh, God. I don't even want to link that. If you were daring enough to look it up, look it up. I will send you that link, and it will be linked here. It oh, no. It will be no. linked in this podcast. Oh, at your own risk, man. Are you talking about the, Alex, the Alex Smith No, no. I'm or... talking about the, the Joe Theismann one. Oh, going all the way back. All right. Yeah. So, so anyway, Ricky goes 2006, does things in Canada. I don't know. Whatever. 2007. This keeps getting weird. <laughs> he fails a drug test yet again. <laughs> um, but he gets big into yoga. Um, so this starts Did he get suspended in 2007? Yes. Yeah, he sure did. Um, How many games? So he was suspended for the season. The entire gone, season. Gone in 2007. So, so let's also note 2007 is when Roger Goodell comes in. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Roger Goodell um, comes in and uh, mandates a league-wide conduct policy, right? Um, which we'll go into some more players in a second about that. Um, oh, yeah. But I just wanted to make sure that, that our audience notes we're now moving past 2007. Yes. So there is a code of conduct is, in place now. Yeah, this is, this is where we're going to see a big change in the punishments and the suspensions. So that's why I noted that, remember, the first time he got suspended, it was only four games, um, which obviously he didn't serve until he came back. But in 2007, so right when he failed again, basically he was not allowed to apply for reinstatement in that September. So that's why he was okay. out for all of 2007. And okay. then... Ricky gets big into yoga. Um, that begins his love for yoga. And he says that's helping him with his cravings for marijuana. And it's leading him back on, on a path to being able to come back and, and play and adhere to the NFL's policies. So 2008 to 11 is is the closing part of the Ricky Williams story that we're doing, obviously, on this podcast. Ricky plays for the Dolphins from 2008 until 2010. He has a few really great seasons. Um, he becomes the seventh player in NFL history to begin a season at 32 years old and reach 1,000 yards rushing, which is impressive for somebody of that age. Um, and in 2011, Ricky goes to the Ravens and retires in 2012 doesn't really do anything too exciting on uh, Baltimore, um, honestly, at that point. But um, he does go on later in life to become a huge uh, cannabis advocate due to it helped him with his many issues. Like we talked about, Ricky was seen as weird or different. Um, He was diagnosed with social anxiety disorder, with uh, borderline personality disorder, and avoidance disorder. All these things were uh, part of why he used marijuana. Um, to help. I just want to say the acronym for social anxiety disorder is SAD. Yeah. And I wonder if anybody thought about that when they they, met, they <laughs> named it that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, but uh, so you know, a lot of this I guess wasn't really talked about during his career, and I think it's still an issue, right, where there's a lot of stigma about mental illness in the sports world, and it's not talked about, and it's kind of like. Over the, the rug, I think it's well, getting better. 
Yeah, but say over the past couple of years there has been a huge change and it's being brought to right. the forefront a lot more. Now, right, think... but this wasn't talked about in 2004 when they just called him oh, weird, right? Yeah, it's... no, not at all, not yeah. at all. Yeah, I mean, so, me and you had this conversation today. Um, yeah, about like because you know me and Andy are, are good friends, but we do have very different friend circles. And I was pointing out to him, you know, I hung out with some of his friends. I was like, dude, I got a weird vibe. Did I say something to offend somebody? He goes, oh no, they're just anxious around new people. And I'm like, oh, I completely, you know, I don't, I don't ever register social anxiety. It's not right. something that that has. Andy can attest to this. I will talk to a stranger. <laughs> I don't care. I make friends on the Marta. I make friends at a game we go to. We're at Top Golf. I make friends with the people in the bay next to us just because they were looking in my direction. I just talk to people. I don't care. It's true. Um, I get nervous if somebody says, "Hey, come over to my house," and I've never been to their <laughs> house before. I get nervous that I pull into the wrong driveway. I'm gonna knock on the door. It's gonna be the wrong person. That's the kind of anxious and anxiety I get. It's when I'm going places, but not when I'm in a social interaction setting. Um, right. But yeah, so it, I'm I'm really glad to see though that it it is being talked about more because mental health is a big thing, especially right. in our in our country, the United States, that needs to be addressed. Absolutely. And so. and I think so. Like I was saying, this seemed to kind of go ignored, you know, earlier in his career, and, and you know nobody really knew about it. And I think also he was a very private person, but this is part of his struggles, right? Uh, he was using marijuana to cope. And that's what he needed. And obviously to him at times it was more important than can I continue my career? So it, it is what it is. He had a pretty interesting career. You know, uh, he was on the cover of NFL street. So uh, any old video game fans would have seen him on the cover of the first NFL street, uh, not the second or the third, because both of those were released during his suspended seasons. Uh, and he went on to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. And I'd be pretty surprised if he ends up in the NFL Hall of Fame because of but all of his controversy. He and I also, don't I don't think... think he played enough. I think yeah, if he had yeah. played his whole time of, you know, where he could have actually been a, yeah. a big difference maker if he had played all the seasons. I think there's probably no doubt he would have been a Hall yeah. of Fame level running back, but I don't think he got enough time on the field uh, no, to, you're right. to qualify for that. But in college, he was great, so he has that. You also got to remember, you're talking about, I don't seem to be a Hall of Fame player. Ray Lewis is in the Hall of Fame, guilty of obstruction of justice. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Controversy doesn't mean you don't get in the Hall of Fame. No, it's true. It's true. And that's a good point. It doesn't mean that. Uh, but if you are interested in more Ricky information than I just gave you, there is an NFL Network film called Ricky Williams, A Football Life. And also there is a Run, Ricky, Run episode of ESPN's 30 for 30 if you want to learn more about Ricky Williams. So that's my wrap-up. Go on, Ben. Okay, now let's get back. <laughs> get back to the main subject, NFL. Yeah. True crime. Talk yeah, so like we said, Goodell comes in 2007, puts down a personal conduct policy, and let's just say this personal con uh, conduct policy got tested hard right out of the gate. Yeah, it did. 2007, <laughs> you have Adam Pac-Man Jones getting busted for battery, uttering a death threat, and felony coercion. So... He is immediately suspended the entire 2007 season. So immediately, you know, first thing that we see, bam, 
season suspension. They're not playing games. This isn't like, you know, he didn't kill nobody. He didn't get caught with any drugs. Right. He, but they're making it known. Drug test. Yeah, they're making it known. If you do these things, this is what happens. Yeah, you're out, basically. Chris Henry gets caught uh, aggravated assault with a firearm, uh, allowing minors alcohol, driving while, while drunk, and assault. He gets eight games of the 2007 season. Huh. And, and it's weird. <laughs> that is like, weird. <laughs> I, I was reading this, but apparently it comes down to how you define the crime. Because apparently really? aggravated assault with a firearm could mean you brandishing the weapon. Right, I was going to say that literally could mean you pulling out the gun. Yeah, it could weapon. range from brandishing the weapon to shooting somebody. Right. Um, so there's a... Whereas battery means somebody got these hands. Right, but also <laughs> allowing minors to drink. <laughs> like, they were yeah, just like, yeah, like... like yeah, okay. I, and he has assault on here, too, so... Yeah, he does. So, I mean, it's I mean, just... It's, it's, there's a lot... But first eight games in the 2007 season, he's suspended. And driving while drunk always drives me crazy with, drives me, um, with these really, really wealthy superstars in any sport. Because you can pay somebody to drive you. But this is pre-Uber. I don't care. This is still, (laughs) this is not pre, I have enough money to hire a chauffeur. Um. Continuing 2007, (laughs) we have uh, Terry Tank Johnson, who was a defensive tackle. Uh, possession of concealed weapon, possession of unlawful assault rifles and other firearms. Uh, so basically, he owned guns he shouldn't have owned. Um, he also is suspended eight games of the 2007 season. Man. So 2007 have, season was a ghost town. Yeah, there were there was a lot of players <laughs> just not getting to play football in 2007. A lot of those second string boys were getting a chance. Right, right. Now, give me one second because I got to make sure I get this right. Sure. Um, because I put a snippet here, and I just want to make sure I got my facts down right. Uh, 2007, still, coming off of a Pro Bowl season, we have one Michael Vick pleading guilty to federal charges for animal, uh, for dogfighting. He is accused of promoting, funding, facilitating a dogfighting ring on his property, hanging and drowning dogs who did not perform well, and failure to cooperate fully with the police. So they have no choice, and I don't blame them. I've always thought that um, the Michael Vick story is a very cautionary tale for people who come from poor areas that get get into money of watch who you keep around you. Right. Because a lot of the times they will bring you down. Uh, he is immediately, or he is suspended indefinitely without pay for violating the player conduct. So he's not getting a season. He's not getting um, anything at all. Um, Goodell did leave open the possibility of reinstating, which, I mean, if you follow football, you do know he did come back a few years later, um, depending on how he cooperated with the federal and state authorities. Um just, I mean, this was, I think, the big one when you yeah. think of the, because, like, I mean, this conduct policy comes out, and in the first year of it coming out, you have three you have players. This. Yeah. But I think so, out of these three, right, 
the Michael Vick one got the most attention because it it went more a nationwide story about somebody that you know if you know people who didn't follow football probably didn't care or knew who they were but then they did <laughs> it was very quickly everybody knew this is what Michael Vick does right so not not a great look for the NFL so I think that's why Goodell chose to handle it the way he did. Yeah, and I mean, I I can't. I don't think there's it. any other way to handle it, right? I, yeah, personally, <laughs> if it was me, when you see this happening, um, I think he should have never gotten a chance to come back. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any reason after, he should come back after seeing what he did for animal rights and stuff like that in the area after the fact. Now, I know everybody says, oh, he got caught. That's the only reason why he's trying to make good. But, you know, he did a lot of good for the Philadelphia area. And he's done a lot of good for the Atlanta area after coming back. Um, right. So His it, image probably never going to be uh, the same as what it was. But if he was able to rehabilitate and able to give back in some ways, you know, that's good. Yeah. And, and that's the only thing is he, he started giving back and that's, uh, that, that's something that I really want to see for anybody that gets in a, in a situation like that is if you can turn around and take a negative and turn it into a positive, then, then do it. It may not be the popular thing that people do, but it's something they should do. Um, he was able to, like we said, he came back uh, 2009 season and played for the Eagles. Um, I think he had one one season with uh, the Steelers as well, but that was it. Was so moving it, I yeah, he was only with the Jets too. Uh, yeah, he was. He, he was, was with the Jets. With the for Jets. A uh, yeah, 2009 to 2013 with Philly, then one season with the Jets, and then one right. season with Pittsburgh. Yeah, kind of just bounced around, and then that career was over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Philly was his last, uh, last big stop. Right. Man, I'm kind of sad thinking about that now. Well, moving on. <laughs> 2008, our boy Adam Pac-Man Jones once again gets in trouble. Uh, this time, fighting with his bodyguard. So I wish I'd been a fly on the wall when this happened. Like. Yeah, this what this man is why? here to protect you. Why are you going to fight him? <laughs> um, initially, him? initially it was supposed to be an indefinite suspension, much like uh, the Vic situation. Sure, um, but they it it came down to a, a four game suspension. Um, and that was the only suspension of 2018 for the conduct policy. So 2018, I think, you mean 2008, right? 2008. Yeah. 2008. <laughs> so only suspension of the 2008 season. Um, but, you know, we're going to pick right back up. Here we go. Uh, in 2009, you have Dante Stallworth getting busted for DUI manslaughter. Um, and I don't know the difference. I don't know how you differentiate this. Like, you killed somebody. How do you determine if it's manslaughter or not? Uh, manslaughter is when it's non-intentional, right? Okay. So, so murder is intentional. Manslaughter is, I, you know, like if if I drive down the road and somebody throws himself out on the road and I hit them and kill them, it's manslaughter. 
or could be considered manslaughter because it just you killed them, but you didn't you didn't mean to kill them. I I, I guess that's a very um, simplistic definition, but that's that's generally my understanding of it. Okay, either way, yeah, he he basically runs in and hits a pedestrian uh in Miami, Andy, um of all places, um. <laughs> But because of it being DUI manslaughter and the circumstances surrounding it, he gets to spend the entire 2009 season. At the time, he was playing with Cleveland. When he comes back, they immediately release him, and that is when I think he gets picked up by the uh, Ravens is who pick him up. So, yeah. So, All right, and then 2010, just... Uh, well, this, this occurred in 2009. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was previous, and, but yeah, and penalty... Yeah. There's actually um, what? There's actually, the, the reason he was suspended is there were two things that happened. Uh, so, uh, we are talking about, of course, Ben Roethlisberger uh, right. in this situation. So, he at, uh, I want to say it was 2008, it was at a Lake Tahoe golf tournament. Is uh, It's rumored, it's alleged, as we jokingly put in air quotes, alleged um, that there was a sexual assault that he committed, but there was no proof. No witnesses came forward. And then following in 2009 in Milledgeville, there are again, allegations of it happening. And because of these allegations and how it looks to the league, he is initially suspended six games of the 2010 season. Uh, That gets that gets reverted to four games because of his cooperation with the conduct policy. But right. I'm going to let you go on your Ben Roethlisberger run. Yeah, I think he got off real light uh, because of who he is. He's Ben Roethlisberger. He mm, apparently he got off real easy on everything. No. No. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I think he's getting treatment for, for who he is. This is... I. I think similar or even lesser things would happen uh, with other quarterbacks. Tom Brady um, being the face of a franchise and to an extent one of the more well-known faces of the NFL. You got multiple charges coming up and here's a four-game suspension. I I, I think it's time Andy. for him to leave the league because he's old. And Allegations. Anyway. Allegations. But, Whole different thing. I think he got off easy, and I think I don't think he's a good guy at all. <laughs> I, I, I I don't either. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Fantastic quarterback in his prime, still have decent quarterback, but just a horrible human being. Yeah, just. Um, and speaking, speaking of, of <laughs> horrible human beings, horrible human beings, <laughs> and Sue. So this one shocked me because I didn't know about it until you. You wrote about this, yeah. he, and this uh, isn't the only time he does this. So no, no, I know he's known for right. He's known for dirty hits. He's known for being just kind of over not, the top. Horror. Not dirty hits, just no. after uh, the play. Assault. He has some very questionable <laughs> antics Assaults. after the play. So yeah. he pushed Evan Dietrich Smith's head into the ground several times before then deciding to stomp on his arm. Uh, which then uh, week thirteen and fourteen of the uh, of the season you. you suspended two weeks yeah two weeks two weeks that's it two weeks he gets suspended later in his career for stomping on well, uh aaron yeah, rogers legs but I, I just want to say this how long did of, he get for aaron rogers i think it was only a game for aaron rogers oh, that's ridiculous 
I just want to say this though. Of all the people we have talked about so far, yes. he's the only one that gets suspended for on-field conduct. That's true. He has never gotten trouble off the field. Right, right. He's seen as so, this big bad guy, but off the field, there's no. He, no he's got no evidence rap of that. He's got no. He's, rap got no he's got no beaten wives. No. He's got no drug charges. But he, he when he gets like, on the field, he's gonna mess you up. Yeah, yeah. So when you least expect it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about Indomitian Sue because of this. He is because... a complicated character. <laughs> me and uh, me and my boss are talking about it. My boss absolutely hates him for the way he plays on the field. But me and me and my stepfather have talked multiple times. It's like, man, you mean he's a jerk and ultra aggressive in a sport that's all <laughs> about being ultra aggressive? Right. So I don't know why anybody's surprised. I mean, this I don't is condone the nature of the sport, but he takes yeah. it to a level that. Yeah, he would fit in better as a professional wrestler if this is the way he feels on the field. You know, Um, XFL. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe we'll see. But yeah, so so that's uh, that's Indomitian Sue, and let's get back to those guys that do horrible things off the field, real fast. Field, yes. Yeah, off field. We have uh, Aaron Hernandez, which is a very well documented case of uh, the murder of Odin Lloyd. Um, comes out Aaron Hernandez and a friend basically went and killed his, I can't remember, I think once it was his sister-in-law, boyfriend, yeah, something like yeah, that. something like that. And when the body got found, he destroys his home security system, he turns in his phone to the police, broken in pieces. Keep that in mind for a later event we'll talk about. Um, and gets arrested um is charged for this murder uh suddenly they try to link it to two other murders he is released by the team within 90 minutes of it being announced he was arrested oh yeah which i I remember seeing like the news alerts hit right there was like you know this happened and then literally like you said it was it had to have been no more than 90 minutes it was Boom is released, which another piece, by the way, you were talking about, right? Destroying his cell phone and all that. He yeah. also apparently hired a team of house cleaners that same day that the uh, body was discovered, which, uh, you know, didn't didn't work well for his case. No, not at all. It, it was yeah. it was pretty bad all the way around. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing I found about this is because the team released him and he was he had less than four years of playing time or of time served, he was put on waivers and went unclaimed, of course. Yeah, because... Goodell never officially handed down a judgment one way or another. Really? Because he never got put back on a team. Ah, all right. So it was literally, if a team picked him up, he was going to have a conversation with him before he decided what to do with him. Interesting. But because most teams saw the writing on the wall and were like, Nah. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, not a good look. it is. It, yeah, it is sad, you know, in this situation. Um, if you don't know, uh, Aaron Hernandez did end up hanging himself in prison, yeah. um, leaving behind a daughter and a longtime girlfriend. And I'm, I'm sad for them. I'm sad for the family of the victims there. Right. Um, and an interesting thing going on with this case, um, because he died while the murder charge was being appealed. The state just by proxy um, 
drops the charges kind of thing. So technically, by law, he is not guilty because the charges huh. were never continued to never. be pursued right. after huh. he killed himself. But the family of Odin Lloyd is pushing for those charges to go against his name. Hmm. So interesting little little weird legal system we have here. Right. Um, here is another one um, from the Carolina Panthers. A defensive end Greg Hardy in 2014 is arrested for assault and communicating threats. Um, it is said that he pushed his girlfriend down on a bed of guns, choked, uh, choked and beat her. Um, and the crazy thing to me was listening to the story. They talk about Charlotte Mecklenburg County. That is where I lived in Charlotte. So like, oh, wow. They're talking about places and streets that I'm like, I know these streets. I, <laughs> I like, I know, I know these areas. Not that I know them now because I haven't lived there for 18 years, but like I knew the areas they were talking about. Um, and initially there was nothing, nothing was going to happen, uh, because the charges never came forward. Hmm. But then the great news source TMZ got the photos of the girlfriend and posted them. And after that, he is suspended 10 games by the NFL for 2015. Oh, okay. He appeals this saying that he did not face charges. His suspension should not be this long. And an arbitrator rules it to take him down to four games. So the, he's one of the first ones to really try to challenge the league conduct policy. Like, yeah, I may have done something that looks bad on the league, but what I'm being accused of, I never was, you know, it was never proven. He kind of points back to what we were talking about with Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger was suspended, but there were no criminal charges brought against him. Now we have Hardy who, we're pretty sure he did this. Yeah. But because his ex-girlfriend at this point will not proceed with the charges, there there's no legal ramifications that happen. So he gets a right. four-game suspension. Doesn't really matter because he comes back. He has a very unproductive year for the Cowboys. He's out of the league the next season. He's now in the UFC as an MMA fighter. So <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, he's had one match in the UFC. He lost by disqualification to an illegal knee to the head. Wow, seems like a great guy. Seems like a fantastic guy. But fantastic. Um, so our our next one oh. uh, is another big story that yep. got a lot of heat really fast yeah. uh, with with Ray Rice. And uh, for those that don't know what he did, it was uh, a domestic violence. Uh, we also call it wife boxing in this case. Bad. 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 They just bad. <laughs> come in with one word for you, bad. Yeah. Um, so initially his suspension was gonna be two games. Because <laughs> it did come out it did come out that, that, that there was an altercation, but there was nothing said about the altercation. Until our great friends at TMZ appear again with the elevator footage. TMZ of him. always saving the day here. <laughs> they for are. justice. 
helping or hurting, you never know. You don't know, but, but a lot of times, the, you know. They're truthing. They're truthing. Truth. They, they're providing truth, at least. Yeah. And and I like I like the one thing with TMZ. I like the fact that they post either the videos or the pictures. Because sometimes you hear a story, and if somebody just posts a story, it doesn't have the impact. Oh, no. I think, so, right, the two-game suspension came down. A lot of people were pretty ticked off about I, the decision. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying, so, right, I'm talking about not, not you, not me. I'm talking about overall. Yeah. There was a lot of anger. and the, But then yeah. there was a lot of, like, oh, well, we don't, you know, the other side, right, was Do saying what? we don't know what happened. Either side well, was... so, so so this was me at the time. It happened. Mm. And yeah. both Ray Rice and who would become his wife, the person involved in the altercation yeah. in the elevator with him, she was cool with him. So it was one of those things, okay, he's getting suspended for two games, but they seem cool with each other. Um, but then that video came out. Yeah, then the video comes out. That video if you haven't literally haven't made seen, me sick. Yeah, I, if you my stomach turned. If you haven't seen the video, we're not going to link that video. No, it's horrible. It's 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 horrible. He comes back with a right hook from left field in an elevator and hits her directly in the face. It, he keeps hitting her. And then he No, 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 no. You're thinking of a different video. Oh, I am thinking of a different video. You're thinking Jesus. of a different video. Because Ray Rice hits one time and He hits one time and she drops, right? He kinda kicks her as he leaves the elevator, right? Or something like no, that. If I'm you're, remembering the video, you're, right? You're getting you're getting Am a, I getting videos mixed up? You are, because oh. I'll talk about the video you're thinking of here. Okay. Um But that happens and then immediately he is suspended from the NFL indefinitely. Um, he does win an appeal that he could come back, but unlike Michael Vick, he doesn't get a second chance. And to me, how do you feel about the fact that of what Vick did two years later, he got to come back to the NFL and what Ray Rice did, he never got a chance to come back to the NFL. How do you feel about that? Mm, I mean, you know how I feel. I don't, I don't think either of them. I don't think Vic should have ever come back. But do you think it's fair that he got to come back and Ray Rice didn't? Uh no, not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't. I, it's very, it's a very uneven all accounts. But I, I think whether you do some, you know, what Ray Rice did, I don't think there's coming back from that. What Michael yeah. Vick did, I don't think there's coming back from that. Either way, I, I yeah. don't think yeah. you should come back into the league. You shouldn't have the chance to play on these teams and make millions of dollars. There's just there's no justification for that. Well, the next couple on our list are going to get hard for you to deal with then. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, with Ray Rice, this is another one of those stories where, um, <clears throat> expanding on what I said with Mike Vick, if you have a bad situation trying to find a way to bring some good out of it, so Ray Rice now is asked by the NFL to speak to rookies explaining what happened with him. Um, basically letting people know that you may not think it's a big deal, but one mistake can change your life. Oh yeah. And, and, and letting people know that you are constantly being watched. You must carry yourself. You must conduct yourself like a professional at all times. Oh yeah. If and I, I think that's a big thing that you need in any sport, right? When you're coming in as yeah. sometimes, you know, 
and I think it's twenty something, if not like twenty one or twenty coming into the league. And yeah, you have to be at least twenty one, right? So I'm thinking about baseball and stuff. But you're you're coming into so much money so young, and I think a lot of people don't understand the attention and how many eyes are on them at all times, and and maybe don't know how to handle the stressors that come with all that and. It's it's something that needs to be discussed as part of the mental health issue, right? I mean, it it needs to be addressed. So I think it is a good thing that no. they're having him kind of mentor the uh, the newcomers. And I I think it's also much easier for people to listen to somebody who has gone through this. Oh um, yeah. Than it yeah. is for you know it would be different if a Goodell was like. I mean, granted, I, this is going to sound dumb, me saying this this way, so don't take this the wrong way. Somebody sitting up there, don't hit your wife. If Goodell's saying that, somebody who's never been accused of it, it's not going to have the same impact as somebody saying, hey, <sighs> right. I did it. Look what happened to me. Don't be yeah. me. When he's yeah. literally telling you, don't make my mistakes, you're more you're more prone to listen to somebody who's made the mistake. Um an example that I think of in my personal life is like you, you kind of said it with DUIs. I've seen yeah. DUIs, DUIs constantly across my family. It's why I don't, I don't, if I have more than a beer, I don't get behind the wheel of a car. And if I have yeah. that it's one beer, I'm not leaving for a few hours. Yeah. Cause I'm oh, yeah, not absolutely. taking chances. That's just me. Um, Moving especially on. now with Uber and Lyft, there's no reason. Yeah, with Uber and Lyft, there's no I don't care to, if it's a $60 Uber, it is still better than a DUI. Yeah, that's an $800 class you're taking. <laughs> yeah. So $60 Uber, $800 class. Take your pick. Which one sounds better? Exactly. Um, Our next on the list, another running back in the Adrian Peterson category here. Um, he gets charged with reckless or negligent injury to a child. So I remember this one being a big deal because it kind of came along the lines of disciplining children and where's the line. Right. And it also came literally a few days after TMZ's footage got released. TMZ comes again and releases pictures with truth. Yeah. So there's slash-like wounds on his legs, uh, his legs, his ankles, his butt, you know, things like that. Um, I think it's the legs where they saw the slash-like wounds, so I'm assuming open flesh there. Um, He pleads no contest. He's forced to serve 80 hours of community service and uh, is suspended for the rest of 2014 with no pay. Um, he, I can't remember if he plays for the Vikings again or if he's just gone. Give me one moment. I don't think he played for the Vikings again. No, I feel like he went. God, I know he's playing for the Redskins right now and that's where I'm stuck. (laughs) Right. But he went, he, he went from the, he went from that happening to, it feels like it was Saints, Cardinals, Redskins. Yeah, and I can't remember if there's a year suspension in there somewhere. Let's see. That's what's that's what's throwing me off here. Yes, he only played one game in 2014. Okay, right. So um, he played one game in 2014, 
comes back in 2015, and it oh, yeah, is with the, the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, he's on the team again in 2015. Yeah, and he it, that that's the season he tore up the league. Yeah, yeah that was and that then, was his. And th- then the yeah. next year he tore up his knee. So yeah, next year he tore up his knee. Then 2017 is when he bounced around from New Orleans and Arizona. And then last year he had another thousand yard season. So he has had two thousand yard seasons since this incident right, has happened, right. as we were arguing earlier before the podcast. Yes, because I I made a comment about his career dwindling, but he I I guess I didn't notice what he did on the Washington team. Yeah, and and going going on with this, I completely think it was out of line. the The fact if you ever were to hit a child and leave marks, I think that is completely out of hand. I personally never received spanking as a child because taking things away from me was a much more effective means of discipline. Truth. We'll we'll get into the subject at a later podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about this more. <laughs> but I, I agree. I think it's just uh, totally unacceptable, yeah. and I think the league did good in coming down on him pretty hard here. Um, uh, they could have come down on him harder, but I, as we've as we've seen, right the the moral here is that the NFL's policy and, and way of handing down punishment is quite inconsistent. Yeah, it's it's all over the place. It's and, all over the place, truly. And Adrian Peterson was, I think, one of the first, or I mean, other than Ben Roethlisberger, one of the few big names that you saw yes, that kind big. of suspension handed out to. Mm-hmm. Um. We're going to come back to talk about those two in just a second, Andy. Sure. Um, we're going to keep going with uh, Mr. Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, um, Ezekiel. Wait, he, are you skipping uh, Martavis? We're going to come, we're gonna come okay. back to them. Okay, okay, okay. Um, we're going to round them all up. Into round about. All right, sounds good. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is suspended six games due to the player conduct, the, the league conduct policy. Um, for an alleged domestic violence against his ex-girlfriend. And this situation always sat really weird to me. This was a weird case, because I think, uh, wasn't it like, stories, there was very differing stories on all sides of this. Yes, so the, the issue I always had with it is the incident occurred while he was still in college. Okay. He played his rookie year with no incident, mm-hmm. and then the stories resurfaced in the off season. Okay. And there was also an incident at a St. Patrick's Day parade where he right. was seen pulling a, a woman's shirt down, yeah, or something like that. Which not, not a good no. look, especially not, good not look. when you have these other other things going for you. So eventually, yeah. it came out he suspended for six games. He appealed the suspension, so he got to play some. Like his suspension was served weirdly. It was. Like, it... He missed. He 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 was out the first two games. The appeal comes through. He gets to play, and then he missed like another four games later. Which I led remember... to a pretty weird season stat wise for him. I don't think he yeah. had a anywhere near as a good season as what he did before. Which no. no. I just remember this as the season we got to hear our good friend Josh complain about fantasy football. Oh, we did. Constantly. It made it so much fun because we constantly would be like, just, I was just 
constantly hoping he was going to continue his suspension for both yeah, reasons it was... that I felt like he should be and the reasons that I just didn't want him to be able to play for Josh. Yep. So, I mean, that was... Selfish and unselfish reasons. Selfish and unselfish. And... We're just totally um, honest here. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to what you were thinking about earlier, though, it's Kareem Hunt you're thinking about with the kicking the woman. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. Uh, okay. That happened this past season. Uh, Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt um, yep. was seen pushing, pushing a man into a woman and then seen uh, coming forward and kicking the woman. Um, he has been put on the how the, the commissioner exempt list or something like that. He yeah, can't practice yeah. with a team, but he has been signed by the Chicago Bears. So we'll see what kind of suspension comes out of that. Um, yeah, that one, that one is still that, in that's the air. still developing story, right? So it should be interesting yeah. to see what happens. Well, you've heard what has happened with all these basically violent crimes. That have occurred, uh, some sort of violence, some sort of physical uh, harm inflicted on yeah. another human being or another animal, and you're seeing season suspensions, this, that, and the other. Weak now, suspensions. I mean, you've seen we, inconsistent. Punishment. Yeah, you've seen you've seen inconsistent punishment everywhere. There's only one place that we are being. <clears throat> there's only one place that there is being consistent punishment, now. and it's going to be if you do drugs. Um, Martavius Bryant and Josh Gordon, I think, are the poster child for this. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I disagree with the league on how they punish them. Because we've kind of talked about this earlier. You have a chance to make multi-millions of dollars. Just stop for a few years. Right. I... Now, I will say this. If it comes out that, like, oh, I have a mental health disorder that this helps with, get a card the NFL is very notorious for if you have a prescription, you're cool. There's certain I things you think can't there's be, definite can't justification pres- where they could, they could say that, you know, okay. So marijuana is not going to improve anybody's performance on the football field. It's not like, I mean, but if it's helping with your pain, I'm, I don't see that as a... It's got to be better than the painkillers that they're giving you. Exactly. It has to be better than the painkillers that they're getting prescribed from trainers, which can lead to addiction, which can lead to other horrible side effects, and, you know, could be part of the reason why some of these players get violent out of nowhere uh, off the field. Uh, We're not talking about Indominus Sue. So I feel like there's justification the NFL is behind the times on this rule specifically. That's my thoughts. I know... You're, you're kind of like in the camp of just don't do it while you're there. But I think there well, well, are I mean, reasons, and I yeah. feel like the NFL is not addressing the validity. It's just kind of looping it in with everything else. Yeah. I, I'm saying if you know there's a rule to not do it, don't break the rules. Right, um, right. I mean, they line, know. It's not like it's a surprise. Yeah, there's a line in Liar Liar where uh, Jim Carrey picks up the phone, guy is getting arrested for X a number of times, and he's just, just stop breaking the law, asshole. <laughs> That's how I feel about Martavius Bryant and Josh Gordon. You have Martavius right. Bryant. In 2016, he gets suspended the entire season for failing drug, uh, like his second drug test in 2015, and he gets cut. Gets re-signed. He's playing with the Raiders. Gets suspended again for drugs this year and is now out. He's suspended indefinitely. 
Now, I have to say suspended indefinitely because when we talk about Josh Gordon, for failing drug tests, he is suspended all of 2014, 2015, 2016. He plays one game in 2017. He plays one game for the Browns in 2018, gets traded to the Patriots, is starting to make a comeback, looks like a fantastic player on the field, steps away to deal with personal issues. It comes out he has failed another drug test and is facing an indefinite ban from the NFL. Possibly could have been one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game. Yeah. Decided that smoking pot was more important. I mean, Ricky's situation. Ricky's situation. Uh, But in Ricky's situation, he didn't fail consistent drug tests for straight years. No, 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 exactly. He failed a drug test, decided he needed to retire to get himself straight. Comes back and does fine. Now he has relapses. It happens over and over with Ricky Williams. But I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I think I said this while I was typing out some of the stuff about Josh Gordon to you. It infuriates me to see some of these talented players throw it away. I don't have an issue with marijuana. I have an issue with people who let marijuana take away their drive. And right. I, I, I feel, feel like, like it's in these cases, it's it's caused them to totally lose probably totally lose what could have been a fantastic career or could have been a hall of fame career. They saw yep. it happen. You know, they, they, they should know they saw it happen to Ricky and, and they're just repeating it again, but I'm not going to be surprised if it doesn't come out in, in, you know, probably now less than a few years that there's something else going on with them. And and that was a contributing factor. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. I, I, I yeah. completely get it. But it's just one of those things where maybe... It's still if, frustrating nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating to if, see this. If you needed that to perform, maybe you shouldn't have gone to the NFL. Maybe you should have stayed in school and finished school. Right, right. Because you've now set yourself up for a complete failure across right, the board. Right, because what do you do? You know, you didn't finish yeah. school and now you're out of the NFL and you didn't make enough money to sit back right yeah and you also have a defensive end for the cowboys randy gregory who failed a drug test in 2016 um fails another one a few months later is removed from the roster and sent to an undisclosed local treatment facility gets reinstated in july on a conditional basis basically he's on nfl probation he can't have any more slip-ups yeah yeah, exactly. But if we've known anything that we've seen <laughs> a repeating pattern here so far. You know what's about to happen. He slips up again on February 26th of this Just year and is now suspended ago. indefinitely. Yeah. So. So as man. you saw before, you had things happen like back in the early 2000s where uh, a failed drug test for weed might have gotten you a four game suspension, which is interesting to me in 2004 when the country was nowhere as as moved as they are now on the opinion uh, on marijuana. But now you're seeing just large, large suspensions uh, for this. So the, the league has suddenly gotten more strict on this policy. And I don't really understand why. And I don't know, Ben, if you have any insight into that. It just seems like oh. all of a sudden they've started just throwing the hammer down in this case. 
Um, I honestly, man, the, the thing I can see is I think it's the repeat offenders that are getting the hammer thrown at them because most True. of these drug suspensions, it's not the first time. It's not, no, the, it's not the first time they've done this. Right. It, it's, that the, makes sense. it's the second or third time that they're getting the yeah. hammer thrown at them. And maybe it's because drug offenses are easier to be a repeat of because they don't take you out of the game. Like mm-hmm. a conviction for a crime does where you're having to go to court, this, True. that, and the other. So, so maybe that's what it is. And, you know, I still do think it's pretty messed up that you get suspended more for smoking pot than you do for hitting your wife. And I definitely think that's something. Yeah, exactly. That's the NFL cares so much about their image as we've definitely seen in the past few years, right? The NFL cares so much about what they look like. The owners care so much about what they look like and not just, you know, internally because of other, you know, other stakeholders and, uh, media perception and all that and they care so much about us but it's like you said you get more time for smoking a joint than you do for uh beating your wife on a bed of guns like yeah it, right it's ridiculous and then another one we have that i didn't write down but i know you'll be happy to talk about here for breaking a phone and allegedly uh... deflating some footballs and Mr. Tom Brady gets suspended for, was it six games? I thought it was like four. It may have been six. I think it was oh, six, and then his... it was reduced to four. Okay. Because we I'm saw gonna double... the... Fact check me on that one. I'm going to double check on that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, first four games. First it was four just games. Straight, it was just straight up four games. Yeah, four games. Um, when she tried to appeal that nonstop... Also yeah. smashed his phone, which I don't know. Maybe he learned that from his buddy Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, that's. Thank you for catching that. That yeah. going, going back there. <laughs> um, I did. But yeah, so you know, he smashes his phone. Uh, supposedly deflated the ball. To... Supposedly had the trainer deflate balls for him. Yeah, I mean, however you want to say it, it just yeah. Not a good look, as we've been saying throughout a lot of this podcast. Not a not a not good look, a good and look. he does get suspended. So I mean, I'm I'm yep. glad to see he got suspended um, for it. You know, not to the just crying and screaming of the entire state of Massachusetts. Right. <laughs> but you know, the, the Patriots are known for their controversies because we got a new one coming up. Yeah, we do. You were talking about the owner's image, and just because yeah. we've talked about players doesn't mean the owners don't have some issues. Yeah. Now, this league-wide conduct policy does apply to owners as well, um, right. or general managers, however they want to be phrased. It does. Um, your first one is you have a DUI from Jim Ursay, um, man with the Colts. He gets fined and suspended because he gets a DUI and gets busted with cocaine. As well, so that that white man drug there. Oh, we didn't even um, talk about that Dolphins coach. <laughs> well, that's because he got fired and was never heard from again. <laughs> we also didn't talk about the Minnesota sex party on the boat. Oh God, yeah, you're right. But anyway. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go into any of that. That's why yeah. I'm just saying. That's fair. Um, so yeah, you got Jim Ursay who. Oh, man. Oh, I don't even know how to say it, man. He gets arrested for DUI and drug possession. Um, yeah. 
So that, that's where it starts. He gets a $500,000 fine and suspended for six games. And what it means when he gets suspended for six games is the fact that he is not allowed to be at the facilities or do anything like that. Um, so somebody else has to take over. Um, an interesting tidbit is this kind of this drug possession charge brought to light the fact that Ursay had a drug problem at the time. But it also was brought up that he had a mistress. Yeah, all, all who OD'd and died in a house that Ursay oh. had purchased with the team's money. So you know what we call that Ben. Not a good look. No, it's not a good look. <laughs> but you know the luck, five thousand. fine and suspended for six games. I'm pretty sure he's on thin ice. Yeah. Pretty sure he's on thin ice. Uh, It's interesting when when things get brought down the owners because I recently read about how the owners actually like decide how much the commissioner is getting paid every year. There's like uh, there's a vote that happens. So the, the owners have some some uh, leverage i think on the commissioner so it's going to be interesting to see how this next owner's uh punishment if any if any uh because we haven't heard anything yet right uh well, it, this down. is another this is another ongoing this is, investigation yeah this is an ongoing investigation so robert Kraft, the owner of the new england patriots uh was just recently involved in an fbi bust of a human trafficking ring involving a massage parlor in florida so more specifically he faces two misdemeanor charges for soliciting another to commit prostitution which is stemming from this human trafficking sweep in jupiter florida uh basically Kraft allegedly i, I, I was... do i i do want to say this though yeah he is only being charged with the soliciting of prostitution, right, right. So the, not running a human trafficking ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to clarify that. No, he has, the, okay. at the moment, the, none of the charges have anything to do with him having anything, uh, any kind of involvement in the actual human trafficking ring, but just the solicitation uh, of prostitution. And there's alleged video uh, where he was recorded in sexual activity. And, TMZ uh, will have it within yeah, a week. TMZ will have it. Uh, so basically, these deputies have begun to monitor the baseball. They place hidden cameras in there. They claim to have caught craft on camera, along with like there was a whole lot of people. There's a uh, 25 people. Uh, and there's a lot of them they among. haven't announced the name yet for. Right. There's a lot of names that were announced, and they were pretty um, reluctant to announce Kraft's name in there. If you watch the uh, the interview, the uh, the police chief was like, uh, it was definitely Kraft? <laughs> that was definitely a Dolphins fan that made that name come out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But I'm just saying, that's a nasty old man. And the NFL should come down on him hard. I, I, I want to see what, what Goodell does here. I, I, I'm interested to see what we do because just a few years ago that another one that we didn't think about. Um, and this kind of ties in with the Greg Hardy case because Greg Hardy was cut from the Carolina Panthers yeah. for his domestic violence. But, you know, fast forward to the year before last, we have Jerry Richardson forced to sell his team for racist and sexist comments that are made. Yep. Yep. And what are we going to do with old man craft here? I wanting handies sell at the, the massage parlor. Sell, that that sell, sell the team. 
I would want to know what the open market value would be for the New England Patriots. Oh, we get that. Derek Jeter can buy it. <laughs> Derek Jeter can buy. He can sell the Marlins and buy the Patriots. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> He's a, he was in debt before he bought the Marlins. That's why I'm joking about it. <laughs> uh, okay, but um, you know. so so it. Uh, I know me and Andy were interested to see what comes of uh, this latest event that occurs because yeah. uh, we don't have, we don't, we don't have a way to feel wrapped up about this. I mean, um, I feel like Ursay got off light for DUI and possession with the six oh, game definitely. suspension compared to the yeah. other things, but also the $500,000 fine is not something that we've seen with other players because that's a huge chunk of right. money to get. That's fined. a now, big fine, but Hey, uh, in, in 2004, Ricky Williams, we're going back to Ricky here, you got fined $650,000 for weed. Yeah, so I think the only thing we can agree on at the end of this episode is that the punishments have been wild, wildly inconsistent. Very much so. And I feel like, and I will say this, devil's advocate in defense of the punishment, we don't know how well the person being punished cooperated with the investigation, maybe that has some effect. Yeah, so maybe lighter to what happens. Good behavior and you know being a cooperative, uh, yeah, person with the NFL's process. And I'm sure it doesn't help if you're not. Um, I'm sure that's where we see maybe some some oddities. And you know, this guy got two weeks. This guy got a season. Right. So, I I think that's definitely a factor. And yeah, it does. I still I think, think sometimes the player, the player status with the league, uh, yeah. very obviously plays a role in the kind of basically. If Adam Pacman Jones were to sneeze funny towards the end of his career, he'd probably <laughs> get suspended for the season. <laughs> he'd be gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but uh, you know, Ray Lewis can kill a guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. Hall of Fame. <laughs> Golly, man. I mean, I totally forgotten about that whole story until this year when that article came out about the Super Bowl in Atlanta. I yep. totally forgotten about that, which is a, yep. a big, a big, uh, I think, spotlight on how how some things get just buried, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, and I, I mean, think that's going to happen less and less, though. I mean, in the age of social media, these yeah, stories don't go you know, away. Yeah, we're sitting here talking about this, and right before we started doing this podcast, I started watching Leaving Neverland. Oh man! Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. So yeah. Um, I was I was not ready for that, and then I rolled into this top topic. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do something to to make my night better. Yeah. This has been a depressing day. So no, that was yeah. that's speaking of Ricky Williams again though. That was a dope <laughs> NFL Street cover. God, it was the biggest thing I remember from that NFL Street is Champ Bailey was a cheat code in that game. Oh, he was. It was amazing. Because Champ Bailey could catch anything on defense and offense. God. It didn't matter. NFL Street. I, I just wanted to come uh, back so badly. Yeah. I don't think the NFL will ever let it happen. The same reason Blitz well, I don't think. Come back. I don't think there's, there should be. No, Street was fine. There was just, there was heavy hits in there. And that's the whole thing about the NFL. They don't like. Well, uh, they can take the heavy hits out and still yeah, have a decent sure. game. Because sure I just could. liked jumping off the wall and throwing the ball and doing 360 oh, spin no. moves and launching the ball. NFL Street was truly a treasure. It was ahead of its time. It was uh, NFL Street cast. Yes. Oh, 
But I think that's all we've got for NFL controversies for you guys. Yeah. I, I know we probably missed some. There were probably some suspensions we glazed over. We really just tried to keep it to people who, while on a team, had to be disciplined by the NFL. Um, I know there's a few more players that they got in trouble, were cut by the team, but never got to come back to the NFL because they ended up serving a lot of time in prison. Yeah. So I didn't really include those guys in here because the NFL didn't have to deal with them because, you know, our justice system did. Um, But like I said, that's all we've got. Please check us out on uh, Facebook, Too Young to Be This Old. Same for Twitter. Uh, We do have some polls that we're putting up, and we're asking for you guys some feedback for some future episodes. So if you guys could give us that, let us know. And as we always ask, uh, if there's any site where you can, you know, give us a like, thumbs up, or a review, please do. It helps us move up the search engines, and we're really working to get put on the same page as Garth Brooks right now, because apparently he had a song <laughs> called Too Young to Feel This Damn Old. Oh, you're right. And it comes up when you try to search for us. So we're working on getting on that same there page. There we go. Okay. So help cool. us get there. If we get there, we will love everyone forever. As always, I am Ben at Dr. Fumble07 on Twitter. All right, and I'm Andy at AndySum25 on Twitter. So thanks again for listening. And no matter what time of day it is you're listening, enjoy it. Bye.